Hello, and welcome to another Industry Careers for PhDs podcast uh, brought to you by Cheeky Scientist. I'm your host, Isaiah Henkel, and today we will be talking with Damon Sivan about careers in data science. If you're interested in listening to the full interview and getting access to all of our job search materials, uh, including our private job referral network, go to cheekyscientist.com backslash association to learn how to become an associate. Uh, if you'd like these podcasts and our interview highlights delivered for free to your email inbox, go to cheekyscientist.com and sign up on our homepage. And then finally, you can listen to all of our podcasts on iTunes at any time. Again, we'll be talking with Damon Savin today about careers in data science. Damon received a master's in applied mathematics at the University of Pretoria in South Africa. And in the summer of 2015, he graduated with a PhD in mathematical analysis at the University of Cambridge in England. For the past year, he has been working as a data scientist for a uh, ARM, uh, which designs scalable energy-efficient processors and related technologies to deliver computing intelligence, uh, ranging from sensors to servers, uh, which in includes uh, those found in smartphones, tablets, digital TVs, uh, as well as inf uh, enterprise infrastructure and the Internet of Things. His focus is on the development of analysis tools to aid in these processes, and we are going to jump in with Damon now. Very excited to have you here, Damon. Thanks for being with us. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, really nice to, uh, you know, uh, share the kind of stuff that I do and hopefully, uh, hopefully it's useful for some folks. Absolutely. Uh, so the, the first question I want to ask is what motivated you uh, to, to move from academia after getting your PhD into the field of data science? Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how it happened. Sure. Um, so there was a combination of... Um, sort of uh, not wanting to be in the academic uh, environments anymore. Um, my PhD and my studies up to that point had been sort of incredibly um, abstract. And I kind of wanted to do something more concrete, uh, do something that kind of had some impact on the world other than just sort of pushing forward my tiny little niche of science. And um, <clears throat> I think also my personality type, it was more adapted perhaps to doing things that involved talking to people and being uh, involved in um, actually building something than perhaps just being locked away in a dark room with a blackboard. Um, so, you know, those things coupled to just timeliness, I think um, anyone who's looking to enter this industry now um, or within the next few years is, is really in a good position. Um, there is a real, real lack of skills in this area. And it's still new enough that um, you can pretty much pick it up on the fly. You don't need a hell of a lot of training mm. yet. Um, although I think we'll get onto that a bit later. Um, there, you know, okay. And then at a more pragmatic level, um, the career prospects are good. Um, it's certainly much, much easier to get a data science position than it is to get a tenure track position. Um, oh, yes. And you know, that's an incredible bottleneck um, that uh, a lot of people go through. Um, a lot of the people I graduated with are sort of having a lot of anxiety and um, sort of uh, yes. lack of security around the kind of stuff they do. Um, and that, you know, that's not to say you don't get to do pure research as a data scientist. Um, so, yeah, um, sure. it's, it's, it's a really lucky position to be in. Yeah, no, and... and and I'm glad you kind of you gave an overview there of a lot of the topics that we'll dig into. Um, it's interesting to hear, uh, you know, for those of you listening, 
the common theme that we hear for people that want to transition into industry. And I think it's good for you guys to hear it as many different ways as possible from as many different people as possible that, you know, it's okay to feel like you don't want to um, be stuck in a lab or in a dark room with a blackboard, like Damon said, uh, that you don't want to just be focused on a small niche. Uh, if you want to expand that and do, you know, we call it cross-functional work or whatever it might be, um, more group-oriented work or have a larger impact or a different kind of impact, um, you know, getting transitioning into industry and is is a good option. And data sciences is one of those options. Um, so. You, you made this transition, you, you know, you had a goal to do it, your background was mathematics. Um, maybe you could talk about what exactly is data science. We hear a lot of definitions, like you said, it's very new, right? It's kind of a buzzword, a lot of people make up their own definitions, but from your practical viewpoint, from your real world experience, what would you say data science is? Right. So first of all, I would, if I had to define it, I would say it's just a buzzword. Um, it's so broad as to basically be meaningless. Um, I think that if you look at the two words together, you'll kind of go, why is the word data even there? Um, isn't it just a scientist? I mean, I think if you're a scientist and you're not using data, you're probably doing it wrong. Um, so yeah, I think you can, you can sort of think of it as just a buzzword and it's kind of a thing to put on your CV that recruiters will just start getting in touch with you. Um, more realistically, um, data science itself has for better or for worse come to mean something and the thing that i think it's come to mean is the sort of intersection of applied statistics um, computer science typically at scale so uh, very very large applications um, or very very noisy applications and then coupled to consultancy and um, those three things um, can exist in different proportions so um, you can go all the way to the one end of the scale where you're really a machine learning engineer. Um, you're a software engineer and you are implementing a certain kind of algorithm. Um, if people want me to elaborate on what machine learning algorithms really are, we can, we can do that in a little bit. Um, and then you know, all the way through to the other side where maybe you're just doing the job of a statistician. Maybe you're just looking at some data, especially in the life sciences. I think you'll see a lot of people with the title data scientist in life sciences, maybe you're comparing treatments or things like that. So someone who's comfortable with um, handling experimental data would be very comfortable as a data scientist. Um, and then there's this kind of um, sort of jokey definition that this data scientist is a programmer who knows more statistics than any other programmer or a statistician who can code better than any other statistician. Uh -huh. So I, hopefully that kind of makes it, well, that probably doesn't help at all. But maybe on a day-to-day -day basis, I can make it a bit clearer by saying there are pretty much three modes. You can either be making an app that has some intelligence to it, so you're software developing, hmm. or you are doing like ad hoc analysis. You've got some data and you want to help, typically help someone at a high level in the company make a decision, often a risky decision, so you need to quantify the uncertainty. Or there's sort of a, um, an easier level, or at least I find it sort of maybe slightly less interesting, but it is part and an important part of the job is, is to do dashboards. So you just have vast volumes of data and you're essentially just summarizing it um, into a kind of interactive uh, visualization that a person can, can sort of, uh, maybe someone who's not handy with math, but who knows the domain of interest can, can sort of look at it. So yeah, I mean, so, so to sort of sum up, there's one good reason um, why 
there's so many things called data scientists, and that's because the, the, the types of tools we use um, can just solve a wide range of problems, and that's a great thing. It means that the time you spend uh, learning any of these things is time well spent. And then yeah. the bad reason is that it's just a buzzword, and the, that has a knock-on effect, and I would caution anyone kind of going into this, probably the company hiring you doesn't know what to do with you. Um, they, you, you, you kind of have to divine that from the interview process. Um, yes. Well, before we get know, into that, let me, let yeah. me back up a little bit because uh, you sure, covered sure, a lot sure. of ground, a lot of great information. <laughs> um, so, so, right. So data scientist and, and, you know, we've, we've said this in, uh, you know, talks before. It is a buzzword. If you're a scientist, you are a data scientist because it just comes down to filtering through data, like David said, um, and finding the relevant data and then applying it. Um, so, so I was really interested to hear those, those three different modalities or however you described it, because my next question was going to be, what do you do on a daily basis? And, and so you said you work on dashboards where basically you're summarizing just large streams of data. Um, mm -hmm. You're working on a, like an app, like an application or like a user interface or something like that. That was the, the other one, correct? Right. And then so, what was the third one? So like ad hoc analysis. So I can, <clears throat> pretty much my day went, Today and yesterday, my day kind of went something like this. Um, got an email from someone fairly senior in the company. Hey, uh, I'm really wondering about this problem. Like, or, you know, is the following true about our industry, uh, the semiconductor industry? Um, can you look at some data um, about our customers um, that they give us um, willingly? I mean, we're not, you know, we're not sure. doing this sort of in an underhand way. I'd make that clear. Um, and sort of tell me, tell me if we're, you know, this is true. So that was really like, okay, I fire up my t-tests and my, you know, Bayesian stats because I don't like t-tests, and you know, off I go. Um, and then, you know, later in the day, I was working with um, the lady who sits next to me, who's a data visualization expert, and um, we had an app where we wanted to monitor um, the way certain documents are related to one another. Uh, we have lots and lots of contracts in our company because we sell intellectual property or license mm -hmm. it. And these contracts depend on each other. So um, I was writing some uh, machine learning code that extracts the concepts and the nouns and the verbs from the text. So that's really a machine learning uh, coding app development type thing. And then working with her to kind of make a nice user interface for our legal team to be able to navigate that um, space of contract in a, in a way that they haven't been able to before. And, um, you know, and then as part of that, um, there, we made some dashboards for senior management to kind of go, how many contracts are there? What's the average number of contracts that define an agreement with a partner? You know, like that kind of stuff that you really want just at your fingertips. You don't want to have to be able to code to get that information. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully that describes the kind of stuff. Um, and, then, and then, okay, I guess the, the mode that I didn't uh, add is sort of consultancy, but that kind of goes under ad hoc analysis. Sometimes people are just like, oh, we're going to start doing this new thing, and it's going to generate some data. How should we structure it so that that data is useful? Um, <clears throat> that might sound familiar to people in the life sciences as well, sort of experimental design. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I want to make clear here that this is not something that you have to have a PhD in mathematics to get into. And, and I want to talk about that too, but I also want to, you know, I'll, I'll form it as a question. Um, you know, maybe you see other types of PhDs getting into this. I mean, obviously, you don't need to code to get into data science. You might learn that on the job, but you don't have to know that beforehand, like you said. Or, or do you have to be a full-on statistician to get a data science job? Are there different types of uh, jobs in data science? Maybe you could just talk more about this sure. or about the different level sure. of options that are out there. 
Sure. Okay. So let me maybe address your your first point. No, you don't need a, a, math, a strictly mathematics background. In fact, it might be a disadvantage. Um, my my background in pure mathematics certainly has not been as helpful as my exposure to just sort of Stack Overflow, just like forums where coders chat. Um, so I, a lot of the people I work with come from biology backgrounds, astrophysics backgrounds, computer science backgrounds. Um, you do need to understand data structures and data. You, you, you need that. Um, that doesn't mean you have to be like an elite coder, but I would say, and you don't have to know that a priori, like before you start, but you do need to learn it. I think um, there are a few different ways you can go into this. Um, people come from their own uh, backgrounds. So for me, I had the math background, um, so I, I picked up the coding. Um, for other people, it might be the other way around. Um, now, I think if you were, say, coming from life sciences, um, you probably have the requisite level of stats and the kind of handiness with data and moving data around already. Um, so you might, what you may want to pick up more on is kind of the handling huge data sets because most biological data, unless you're in genomics, isn't huge. Um, so there's a bit of that. But, you, you know, all of these things are so popular right now that there's so, really a lot of tutorials. Uh, I'm mostly self-taught from things I found on the Internet for free. Um, if, if I put it that way. And most people I know in this field are like that. Um, but I, I will say that there's another way around to this, um, which is you can start off as a position that's usually called data analyst. And that's more on the dashboarding side. Um, it probably just involves like SQL, um, so SQL, which is a language for querying databases, or sometimes NoSQL, which is sort of for even bigger databases. Um, and, you know, once you've kind of got the experience of just handling data, manipulating it, um, you can kind of learn to code or learn some more statistics while you do that on the job. Um, and that's sort of a career progression to data scientists rather than having to make the jump straight in. Um, that's something I have seen other people do as well. Um, and certainly something we do at the company mm -hmm. I, I work at. No, this is great. And um, there's, there's been a couple of questions that have come in. Uh, sure. So we're going to. We're going to take questions in a minute. I want to get through a few other questions that you guys have already posted in, in the private group. Um, so, so make sure, uh, you know, Salman, uh, everybody keep these questions and then repost them so we don't lose them in, in the thread here. Um, so, so we talked about, you know, why you individually transitioned, what data science is, what the day-to-day -day is, um, how, you know, your, your background, um, you know, as a PhD, like you are primed for this position, whether it's in life sciences or, uh, you know, chemistry, physics, mathematics, uh, doesn't matter. Um, so I, I want to just paint the picture uh, a little bit more clearly before taking questions. So let's say, okay, I've decided I want to get into a data science position. Um, and I need to look at, you know, what my endpoint would be, which are the, you know, the, the companies that might be a good fit for me. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what, companies hire people in this industry um, like do you do you know these companies by name are they popping up everywhere does every company start hiring for data science uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about the industry as it stands now and where it's going yeah sure um, yeah that's an interesting question um, I think that as the tools develop and as um, more people um, as it kind of becomes a popularized way of working I think probably every large company will end up with at least one data scientist. Um, I, I think I heard that the ratio you need is something like one data scientist to every 2,000 employees. So that, that's probably how it scales. 
Um, so initially it was web companies. Um, I think what the, one of the guys at LinkedIn, in fact, coined the term data science. Um, so big web companies, especially those who rely on ads for revenue, those who rely on e-commerce, definitely data science. They're into it like crazy. I think increasingly um, companies who are doing research where there's a large search space and a lot of perhaps noisy data, um, the techniques of machine learning and Bayesian statistics are certainly the right tools for those jobs. So those tend to be on the more technical end of data science. Um, and then on the sort of less technical, more managerial track stuff, a lot of consultancies, all the big consultancies are hiring data science. Um, but um, yeah, so I think that's a great thing. It means that there's a huge market for jobs. Um, mm -hmm. But there is a downside, and that is you will need to get a good picture of what the company wants or whether they even know what they want during the interview process. Um, they, you, know, you could very easily end up in a position where people go, here's all the data, do some magic and make the company X times better. And like, that's not going to happen. Mm. Um, you certainly need the, the team around you and the uh, environment around you for that to be um, successful. Um, and there are varying degrees of success and ease with which one can do that. Um, it's, you know, I guess I should say it's not an easy job, right? It's, sure. If you're not comfortable with ambiguity and uh, having to translate, um, let's well, say, some business guide idea. With, right? Yeah. right, right. Yeah, it's certainly, it's, and it's changing all the time. So, you know, there, there's some risk there. I mean, there are people that are actually working on automating data uh, analysis. Uh, there's some guys who work on this thing called the automatic statistician, and, you know, they kind of glibly claim that, well, they're just going to kill off all the data scientists. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't really take that stuff seriously, but, you know, the artificial intelligence and sort of data analysis is moving so rapidly that you do have to do a lot of work to stay current. But I, I think I'm drifting off topic. No, no, um, this, this is good. Um, uh, but it's still it's providing a framework, which is nice. So I I want to break down I want to break it down into kind of one last series of questions about how to actually get into this role. We've talked about the industry, the different companies, uh, where things stand. You know, it's it's in flux right now. A lot of people are, who are hiring may not even know what they want in that position, which is really no different than in, in any other position. <laughs> um, but maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how you were brought on for your data science position, how you've heard about other people being brought on, like what, you know, the interview process, and just the basic details, like did you have a phone screen first? How did you get a referral? How did you meet the hiring manager? What happened? Did you have to take a test? Did you have to show any basic skills <clears throat> or tools during the process? All, all of this. Right. Um, okay. So some of this is, so some of this is specific to ARM. Um, so I'll, I'll run through what my process was. And then I will also run through, um, before this, I worked as a machine learning engineer um, at a startup. Um, so now I work at a company of about 5,000 people. Then I worked at a company of about 10 people. Um, so, you know, th that's going to depend on the company. Um, you may just walk in, throw, like, they will have seen your CV and go, okay, we're just going to hire this person. Um, also, this is very specific to the UK. I think in the US, I've never, I've never applied for a job in the, the US. Um, sort of directly, so I couldn't tell you that. So, okay, with those caveats out of the way, yes, there will be a phone screen. Um, <clears throat> probably you will chat to a hiring manager who will ask you the usual questions. Who are you? Um, why are you interested in the role? What do you know about the company? You know, the usual stuff. I mean, you can smash that out of the park. Um, it helps to throw in a little bit of um, what I find the key thing to do is 
do some research on the company, try and think of a data-based problem that you think the company may have or have heard that they have and sort of maybe suggest some ways you would approach it. That tends to get you into the next round where, because the person interviewing you probably won't know what you're talking about. Um, they'll, but they'll probably want to refer you to someone technical to talk mm. to. So that kind of gets you through the first round. The second round will typically be um, an on-site. Um, you will, well, this, this, this kind of, a, yeah, okay, let's just stick with a simpler process. Yeah, you go on-site, you'll have a bunch of um, technical interviews. Maybe there'll be a phone screen technical interview where people will ask you some, some stuff. I've made like a little list here. Um, maybe I'll just send this to you later and you can Perfect, distribute yeah. it. Um, anyway, so yeah, they'll ask you some technical questions, maybe some like basic stats, some basic probability, um, you know, uh, some standard coding stuff. Can you do binary search? Can you do, I don't know, uh, quick sort? Uh, do you know what a hash tree is? Uh, sorry, hash table or a binary tree? Um, you know, what are the complexities of certain algorithms? You know, graph algorithms, that kind of stuff. Probably they'll ask you some standard um, machine learning stuff. What is a classifier? What is a regression? Uh, how do you do dimensionality reduction? How do you train a neural net? Uh, what's the difference between supervised and unsupervised learning? Um, that kind of stuff. Maybe that's a test. I, I've heard of companies that give you a test in three weeks to do the test because it takes that long. Um, you know, it, it varies. You know, depend, like I said, um, because of the, the high variability, you might get a more consultancy job where they don't ask you a single technical question the whole time. They'll just ask you things like, um, what kind of person can you not imagine yourself working with? Or, you know, really that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so on-site interviews tend to be, you meet a few team members, um, you kind of bounce some ideas off them, maybe they'll ask you a few technical things, especially at the bigger web companies, this will be the main part. You'll have four or five 45 minute interviews on the whiteboard doing some stuff. Um, yeah, so that, that can get pretty technical. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say overall the, the process is the same. Some kind of um, soft skills thing followed by one to five rounds of technical things, depending on how technical the actual job they want you to do is, followed probably by a meeting with someone senior at the company, uh, and then you know a negotiation phase if you get, a, mm. get an offer. Yeah, but the, I think the, that's pretty standard. Yeah, and I, th I think the point here is it's, this is not too different than what you you guys have you know already been training for essentially and you know, have gone through um, for other positions. Um, so I, so I think. It's a good walkthrough. You know, there are some variable things, you know, but overall it always depends on the position. Just because it's a data scientist job, the process can be very different for, for one position in one company to, uh, you know, another position at another company, um, like Damon said. So, so, but I think that gives a, kind of a, a good real world uh, example uh, to build on. So I want to take you guys' questions. We have a lot of questions already. Sure. Um, so some of them are, are specific questions. So let's, so Pab Pablo asked, um, about tools, are there other preferred scripting languages that you worked with, or what other tools you need to know as a beginner, right? Um, same question about programming environment, these kind of things. Um, mm -hmm. I talked about this a little bit, but maybe you just can confirm what you might need to know before, or sure. how much of this is done on the job, et cetera. Yeah, I'm a Python guy. Uh, I love Python. I think it's the greatest thing ever. Um, I highly recommend doing all your coding in it. Uh, Python can generate code that runs faster than C code. It is developed like a scripting language, it's fantastic. Um, if that's maybe a little bit too uh, programmy, so, and then on the other hand, there's R. Um, I don't use R that much. A lot of people from the statistics community do. Um, I see Scala just came up. Yeah, so okay, so let me just separate it out. 
Python and R for um, data analysis. Those are the two standard ones. When it comes to actually deploying something at scale, um, sometimes Python, almost never R. Um, sometimes C++. That might not be your job, though. Maybe you just do the experiments to prove the algorithm works, and then you hand it over to another team to do it. Uh, things, and then there are sort of functional languages like Scala and Haskell, um, which are really popular, um, and for a reason, they're functional. So once you've written the code and you've proved that it works, it will always work. So a lot of the big companies, when they deploy things at scale, will use Scala. But I wouldn't say you need to know functional programming unless you particularly are interested in it or, um, or you know, uh, have that background. Um, yeah. Then the other important thing is um, data languages. So you need to know SQL. That it's just everywhere. It's the language of databases. Um, that's structured databases. Um, for a lot of in larger data sets, the data tends not to be structured. So in that case, you won't be using directly SQL. You'll probably be using something like Hadoop or Spark. Um, and essentially, all these things are is a way of implementing um, an algorithm called MapReduce, which I highly recommend you know. I think everyone should know about MapReduce. It's one of the most important algorithms in, um, in um, the data science world um, because it allows you to do things in parallel. Uh, yeah, another question around MATLAB. Yeah, I mean, I started with MATLAB, actually, before I learned Python. If you know MATLAB, Python will be a breeze, um, except for maybe a few gotchas. But, I would say the problem with MATLAB is you can't hack up a web app in it, whereas in Python, what I like about Python is you can do a web app in it, you can do the data munging in it, you can clean up and analyze your data, you can write the algorithms. So it's kind of like one language top to bottom, so it saves time um, and also saves on bugs. Because if you have like all these different languages at different levels of your uh, technology stack, it becomes a nightmare to manage. Um, you kind of get the situation where the guy that knows how that bit works is on a holiday or the lady who kind of is the expert on um, the infrastructure, you know, maybe, you know, maybe she's busy in a meeting and then you can't work. So if everyone's speaking Python, that's a good, good step forward, I think. Um, yeah, I think those are probably the main languages. Um, Scala, Python, R, um, typically. Yeah. Perfect. So a lot of us, we've had, wow, lots of, um, people interested in programming coding. This is good. So we'll, we'll get through this, guys. I, I do want to talk about tools, but there was a, a really uh, important question that always comes up with every individual type of job, um, you know, whether or not you need to pay for additional training. You know, do you need to take so, a data science course before getting a data science job? That was essentially the question, Damien. Maybe you can help us some. No. No, you don't. Um, I didn't. You don't have to either. These boot camps, um, yeah. recommend these data science boot camps that are $10,000 or so. I don't know anyone who's done it. Uh, everyone I've worked with has sort of taught themselves. I mean, that's, that's down to a learning style thing. I mean, maybe, you know, I, I think, okay, let me put it this way. I could imagine a situation where you're working a full-time job, and you just don't get time in the evenings. Maybe you, maybe you have children. Maybe, you, maybe you're just busy, right? You're too busy to take the time out to train yourself. Then maybe it's good to just set some time aside, go on the boot camp, pay for it, go away and learn for X period of time, however long these things last, and then come back trained. Um, but I think that's about the extent of their use, um, except maybe for the networking opportunities. There are other ones, some of which are free, which are specifically targeted at PhDs and postdocs, 
where they kind of give you a job um, where you basically work as an unpaid intern. You do one project, but they guarantee you a job afterwards, right? So there are those. Um, again, I, 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 this is all kind of just my secondhand opinion. I, I can't really speak to that. I, I didn't experience it. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I just, think I'm hesitant to, to pay money for something you can learn free on the internet, basically. Exactly. And uh, I mean, not just that, but you, you guys have PhDs. I mean, you, we talk about this over and over again. You essentially, you know, Dr. Flossie is a, a doctor of being able to learn new information. You, you can learn this information. Yeah. You can learn it on the job. On the job experience is most valuable. I wouldn't pay for an additional course, um, mm. especially if also your university, your university often has a computer science department that offers free courses. Just saying. Uh, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Also, yeah, I mean, just on that point of having a PhD, I've been out in the sort of real world now for almost two years, and having a PhD is a big deal. Thank you for joining us for another Industry Careers for PhDs podcast. If you're interested in attending one of these interviews live, or if you're interested in getting access to the full interview, including all of the background materials and show notes, go to cheekyscientist.com backslash association and learn how to become a associate. Um, you can get on the wait list for the next association enrollment period there and learn full details about the program. It's a program specifically designed to help PhDs transition uh, into top industry positions. If you would like to see receive more of these interview highlights uh, via our podcast uh, sent directly to your email, go to cheekyscientist.com and email subscribe under where it says start here. If you haven't already, you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Um, until next week, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional.